Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, welcome back to Office Chats, a podcast presented by Madam Blue. I'm your host, Valeria, and today's guest is Liz Cook, the founder of One Seed, an organic perfume brand based in Australia. One Seed perfumes are free of synthetics and they contain all natural ingredients that are gentle on both the body and the environment. Liz launched One Seed in 2009 after first building and selling three natural skincare boutiques in South Australia. She has been a part of the natural and organic beauty world for over 20 years, formulating natural fragrances for her own brands as well as for other skincare and wellness brands worldwide. In this episode, I chat with Liz about her journey to growing One Seed, the importance of being informed about the products that we as consumers put on and in our bodies, what inspires her to create new unique scents, as well as some little known facts about the perfume industry. You'll definitely want to stay tuned to the end of this episode because Liz shares some really great advice that I was definitely inspired by and I'm sure you will be too. Let's get into the show. Liz, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I'm excited to learn more about your company, One Seed. I was hoping before we begin, you could start by introducing yourself and telling me a little bit about your background. Sure. My name is Liz Cook. I'm the founder and CEO at One Seed Organic Perfumes. So we're in our 14th year of business, but I myself have been in business for 21 years. I always had a passion for business and for wellness. And I remember even as a 10-year-old, my parents back then were going to open a donut shop actually in, in, in Australia, which is where I am and where I'm from. Well, originally from Canada, that's why the weird accent, which is, you know, mixed with Australian and Lithuanian and every other aspect that I have. My parents actually having, you know, just come back from Canada a few years earlier, thought we'll bring that concept of donut shops here to Australia, which we didn't have. And I remember as a 10-year-old sneaking sketchbooks into my math book and, you know, coming up with ideas for slogans and mottos. So I've loved business forever and also I've loved wellness forever. So at 25, I launched my first business. So One Seed is my third business, but second major business. In between, I had a little packaging company with a friend of mine as well that we developed and then sold about 18 months later. And that was really fun. And most recently, I actually graduated from nutritional medicine as a mature age student. And um, it was always something I, I wanted to do, but you know couldn't find the time and had kids and all the rest of it. So I come at One Seed very much from the angle of a wellness practitioner and somebody who has a very holistic approach to life and lifestyle, but also just to business. You said that you always had like an interest in wellness, but I'm curious how you got into the natural perfume space and when you had the idea to create your brand One Seed. I'm actually ironically not a big perfume person. I grew up in a family of boys, so it's me and three boys. I didn't grow up with that sort of typical sort of femininity um, around me. So I wasn't very interested in perfume. 
in actual fact, I went into business in the first place, not looking at creating perfume, but basically giving, wanting to give people the opportunity to create their own products. That was my very first foray into business was a store that would sell ingredients for people to make their own. The perfume idea really only came in probably about three years into that business because we would also do products on the spot as well. So custom made shampoos and face creams and all of that. And we had a really big following and sometimes lineups out the door, which was so exciting. And I never really thought about perfume much and really didn't understand, even as somebody who went into business in this direction, that perfume was actually not made of fruits and seeds and, and orange peels. But these days, perfume is made almost entirely, if not entirely, of chemicals. I started researching and there were no natural perfumers around aside from Mandy Aftel with Aftelier in the States. I spent probably two years while I still had that business experimenting with perfume and showing customers a few different things. And it was all very minor. But then when I sold that business, uh, I think it was 2007, I sold everything aside from the formulas I was working on for perfume. And then spent the next 18 months really honing in my skills and my understanding of what natural perfume was. And then we launched our first three fragrances in September 2009 as One Seed. That's so interesting. And I think a lot of consumers can relate to not knowing really what's in their perfumes, especially when their their scents are like fruit scents or natural scents. So you assume the product is natural or at least has something natural in it. Yeah. And I, I know your perfumes are made with natural ingredients and no synthetics. So I was wondering if you can tell me about your current formulations and what sets your perfumes apart from others on the market. Yeah, our perfumes are 100% natural. Everything that we use comes from a plant. So we are also vegan. We don't use any animal ingredients at all. And we have a full transparency policy called nothing to hide, which means that every single ingredient that we use, you will see on the label. And we don't try to hide behind legislation that allows companies to not disclose what they're using. We want to know where our products come from, who's making them, what are they made from? And we all have the right to know that, especially when it comes to food or things that we put on or in our bodies. I feel like it's everybody's right to know that it's not a privilege, but it's actually a right. The other thing that sets us apart is that everything we make is made in-house and developed in-house as well. So all the formulas come from me. I'm the initial source of the formulas and, and I get the inspiration and I start creating the products. Once the formula is created, I hand that over to my in-house team to make. We're not buying anything off the shelf and just kind of repackaging it, but every single thing that you smell from one seed comes from one seed as a perfume house. I'm wondering if the standard your company created, nothing to hide, where people can see on your label 100% of what's inside the bottle, would you say that's unique for the perfume industry? Yeah, it is unique. We were probably the only ones doing this, you know, that, as I say, I've got to keep referring back to ones that are commercially available because, of course, there's always going to be little brands you find at your local markets and so on that are, that are doing this type of thing. But commercially, we've really been the only ones doing a full transparency policy. There is now another brand on the market as well, and anybody who's sort of following natural perfume companies will know which one I'm talking about, but there is another brand as well, which I have a lot of respect for that's also doing a full disclosure, and I absolutely love that. This approach to ingredient disclosure is really, really rare. There's something called trade secret legislation, where if you have a formula that you deem to be a trade secret, for example, a blend of 
you know, chemicals or natural ingredients or whatever it is. And you say, well, if I disclose that other people could copy and it would jeopardize my, my business and my intellectual property, you can by law actually not disclose what's in that product. So to be a company that has a nothing to hide policy where we say every single thing that we put in that formula, you will know about, it actually goes against not only industry standard, but also industry law. But if I can tell you what's in this formula and you lessen your risk of allergic reaction and so on, or you just feel fully informed and you feel like you're making a conscious choice as a consumer, then that's what we're all about. I think that's more of a pro than a con for sure is when you have two products and one of them tells you exactly what's in it, at least from my perspective, you'd be more likely to buy the one that you absolutely know what's in it. And you know that the company's like being honest and straightforward with their consumers. Absolutely. And I think that's a key point there too, Valeria, which is it makes the consumer feel like this product is actually built for them, that Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to, or we're not trying to as a brand protect ourselves. We're actually trying to protect the consumer. If I'm going to choose a skincare product or a medication or a food, if I feel like my best interests are at front of mind for that business, that's the business I choose every time. Is there anything else that you think people would be surprised to know about the perfume industry? There's so much. I just just don't want to make people cry as they're looking at their perfumes (laughs) on their shelves going, no, say it's not so. Um, Look, there's there's so much and we could do a podcast just on this on its own. And and I do. And I do do that. Um, But the perfume industry, I guess the thing is that the perfume industry has been about smoke and mirrors for so, so long. We're talking, you know, millennia virtually, you know, since the times of Egyptian queens and so on. And I guess a couple of things I want to, I just want to let people know is that essentially what's happened in the greater perfume industry is there's a goal to reduce the number of natural ingredients being used. And we see this with what's called the 26 allergens list. If you're selling perfume in Europe, you can't use these particular ingredients, which contain allergens. Now, most of them are actually natural ingredients like oak moss and tonka bean, for example, but also rose. There's components of rose oil that are now no longer being used because they're potentially allergenic if you break down the individual components of what makes up a rose, for example. So it feels a little bit like headhunting for the natural perfumes and the natural perfumers. And so perfumes are becoming more and more and more synthetic, you know, by the month virtually. So it becomes much harder as a natural perfume company to have a business that can sustain itself. And so you have to be really careful about where you're selling, et cetera, et cetera. But what I want people to understand is that when you look at allergens and potential potential allergens in perfumes, a lot of these things have been tested for centuries and thousands of years, like rose oil, lavender, etc. And the industry at large is more focused on what you could have an allergic reaction to in terms of sneezing or a headache or itchy skin and not focused virtually at all on longer term consequences of the use of many of these synthetics and there are about 3,000 ingredients in use and only 25% of them will ever get tested for safety. Hardly anything gets banned, hardly anything gets tested and so it really is a bit of a consumer beware type of scenario. If you're looking to be a consumer that has choice and 
where there's transparency, look for brands that at least tell you what's in it. So even if you're going to choose a synthetic, you're at least informed so that you still, you're still making the choice to use the synthetic as opposed to not knowing what you're putting on your skin or what you're exposing yourself or your family to. I'm just so glad there's companies like One Seed out there that are like bringing awareness to this because I feel like it is something that no one really talks about. I mean, that's something you regularly discuss on your podcast, like bringing awareness to the natural perfume space and just consumer awareness in general. Can you tell people a little bit more about that if they want to listen? Yeah, so the podcast is called On Conscious, like on, not as in like uh, the opposite of unconscious, basically, because it's all about creating consciousness uh, in the way that we live. So On Conscious, you can find it on um, Apple Podcasts and Podbean and Spotify. And we do talk about natural perfumes, but that's only part of what we talk about and, and ingredients and so on. Some of them I do myself based on research that I've done, like, you know, the benefits of sunlight, things like that. And then other times we're talking to guests about issues like burnout or forest bathing or how to do a home renovation with a minimum of chemicals. And there's there's lots of different topics, but the, the whole purpose of the podcast, again, is just to help consumers make conscious choices, to ask questions they don't realize that they should be asking and to get more information that's not readily available. That's awesome. I can't wait to tune into some of those. They sound really interesting. Can you tell me about what inspires you to create new scents and what the ideation process is like at One Seed? For me, the concepts for perfume come more from life experiences than from you know, I want to mix peach with cucumber. It, it tends to be more driven by wider human experiences. So for example, it might be at a time of loss or at a time of celebration. And it might be a place that I am, let's say I'm walking on the beach at this particular time of my life. And for some reason, certain certain memories become more olfactory memories or can be translated into olfaction much more easily than others. And so I'm often inspired by pivotal moments in my life or experiences of my friends and so on that feel like they can be translated into a poetic smell. Also, I'm inspired by words. It could be a beautiful quote that I've read, or it could be just a single word. So what happens often with the way that I develop perfume is I come up with the name prior to coming up with a formula. One of our perfumes, which is called Seeker, it became a kind of a traveling fragrance. I really wanted to travel and I felt like I was stuck where I was. And as I kind of thought about that and processed it, In my everyday life, I realized that the feeling of freedom is one that comes from within as opposed to one that comes from without with external experiences. And then the word seeker came from that where we're seeking outside experiences, but in actual fact, we can have the same revelations and the same sense of freedom exactly where we are just by changing our mindset. I often will sit down actually at a cafe by myself and just kind of people watch and out of one side of my brain spills a whole lot of fragrance concepts. As a perfumer, and I'm sure as somebody who's a wine tester or even people who are really big into food and so on, you develop a catalogue of olfaction or taste in your head. So if I say the word blood orange, for example, I can immediately tell you what that smells like, not from an intangible sense of 
yeah, blood orange, it's citrus, but I can almost taste it and smell it and re-experience it as I'm talking. So it comes from the center of memory and emotion and spills out of my hand as a concept. That's so fascinating how much thought can go into something that consumers might not realize. And I yeah. love that you are trying to, in essence, bottle like a memory or bottle a feeling that someone can experience through smell. I think that's so cool. Exactly right. Since founding your company in 2009, I'm curious how you have been able to continue growing your business while adapting to changes in the consumer market. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting question. And I'm glad you've asked it because, for example, if I went into it thinking I'm going to make a million dollars in the first three years and if I don't do that, then I'm going to quit. Well, obviously, then if you fall on hard times or the economic environment or consumer environment changes and you have no control of it, then you're out. So for me, it's it was going into it without a really, really strong end goal financially, knowing what I needed to make obviously as as a founder and you know not not going to sit there and, and not make any money for a decade i think for us the biggest lesson has been to hold your ideals and your values strongly but to hold your preconceived ideas of what the business will be a little more loosely if you're putting the customers at the front of mind all the time and listening to feedback then that helps you to pivot quite quickly as an entrepreneur, sometimes our egos get in the way. And if we're told that the thing that we had developed isn't quite what consumers want, there's almost like a feeling of, well, well, yes, it is. And I'll keep going just, you know, because I have an ego. Um, but we need to hold our egos very loosely as well. I love what you said about, you know, trusting your ideas as a founder and entrepreneur, but not being so set in your ways that you can't listen to your consumers and let them take you where your company's meant to be. Yeah. Based on a recent Instagram post from your brand that I really loved reading, it kind of talked about how your company's not chasing money or influencers or fame or followers, anything like that. I was wondering if you could tell me more about the philosophy that you feel drives your company forward. It's not about financial reward for us. And I know that seems cliche and it's like, oh, she's trying to be so humble. It's not about that. That's just not the thing that drives me as a founder or the company at large. I want One Seed to be a vehicle for change and for inspiration for people. In, in this Instagram post, what we said was, you know, we're not interested in 100,000 fans if those 100,000 fans just want to be seen with us. We're not interested in being in the hands of an influencer, um, you know, hot-bodied influencer on the beach if that's all for show and for money. So to us, if we're inspiring people, and not just inspiring people, wow, look, I bought a perfume, a natural perfume, I've switched to natural perfume. But if what we do inspires people to live a better life, to reconnect with the world around them, to think more consciously about not just the choices they make as a consumer, but also the way they see the world and the way they see other people and the way they see themselves, then that, that to us is success. You know, it's obvious that those people who are following you really believe in what you're doing and supporting you. I know your company has won many cosmetic awards and it has been featured in several magazines. And I'm wondering if there has been a particularly rewarding moment in the 13 years that you've been in business. One of them that comes to mind just as we're speaking is a lady who bought one of our perfumes, which is called Hope for a friend of hers who was going through cancer treatment. 
was trying to take a very holistic approach to her treatment as well as going through chemo and everything. And she was really, really struggling. And this friend bought her a bottle of hope. And we've had the same with a few of our perfumes, hope and courage. Often people are buying for friends who are going through difficult times. That's the stuff that feels pivotal for me because there I see that a product that came from some level of inspiration to me comes through me and goes through the business and can have a major impact on somebody else and make them feel valued. I love those natural perfume names, Hope and Courage. I think, or I would imagine it's a great way to start your day by saying like, all right, I'm going to put on my courage before I start the day and kind of spur yourself with a perfume that not just smells good, but really like empowers you and makes you feel good as well. Yeah. Do you have a favorite one seed scent? You know, it's actually, it's all, it almost feels like asking me, which is my favorite child. I bet. It's really hard to pick. I'll often wear Freedom. Um, Freedom is a floral with woody and very soft musk back notes. It's just really easy to wear. It feels like it covers so many events and moments and feelings and, and, and it's pretty. In the winter, I'll frequently wear Slow Fire. It makes me feel like I'm wearing a big woolly furry jacket and it just makes me feel warm and and you know tangled in somebody's arms I'm often actually found in the lab just creating something on the spur of the moment depending how I feel so I have in my bag at all times three or four vials of you know things I've made on the fly and stupidly I sometimes don't record them and so you know I'll smell it and say oh my gosh this is incredible what did I make I have no idea <laughs> but yeah I, I love to experiment but most days I love to wear no scent and just experience the world through smell. I know that you offer roller balls and like mini samples so if people don't know what they want to get they can try a few of them before deciding on one full size. Yeah yeah, absolutely. We've got discovery kits. So you can do, there's four different types of discovery kits, um, or you can buy single samples. Often people, if they're switching from synthetic to natural, find that most people need about a week to 10 days to really kind of allow their brains to comprehend what it is to smell something natural when we've been exposed to synthetic for so long. So a discovery kit is a really, really good way to do that. And um, it give, each one has about 20 sprays in a vial. So it gives you you a lot of perfume so it's a, a month's worth at least a month's worth of perfume to test and find out what you love you also have some body oils that have really great reviews online that I read um one of them said something like they wore it and people in their office or something were saying like someone around here smells amazing <laughs> yes absolutely the body oils have actually won awards as well. Um, we've won the most awards for our um, yuzu and vanilla. We call it. We used to call it our elixir, and now we call it elixir body oil. So yuzu and vanilla, it's so juicy and so delicious, and it just it just makes you feel good and happy every time you put it on. And I think the one that you're talking about, I read that review the other day, which was um, botanical musk, I believe, mm -hmm. and that's one that the fragrance actually blooms with your body heat. So when you put it on, it's it's softer. And then as you wear it through the day, you can actually smell it uh, almost pulsing off your skin uh, with your body heat. So yeah, we have lots of good reviews and, and people love them. Very That's happy awesome. about that. <laughs> Switching gears a little bit. I previously read an interview of yours where you shared your distaste for the term girl boss. I was wondering if we could dig into that a little bit and if you could tell me more about your opinion on that. You know what's funny, Valeria? I actually have a, <laughs> a visceral reaction when you say, even you say the word, word girl boss. I have this like stomach churning little reaction. 
look, why I, it, why I don't like it is because I think it makes women in a position of authority or power seem like a novelty. Like, oh, isn't that cute? The little girl with the boss suit, you know? And so girl boss, to me, that term is a novelty. If you're a boss, you're a boss. If you're a CEO, you're a CEO. It doesn't matter if you're male or female or whatever. And so I, I actually, I don't just shy away from the term. I, 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 I all out reject it. <laughs> and, and I don't know where this comes from exactly, but possibly partly because um, I've always been entrepreneurial and it's not because of um, my gender or in spite of my gender. It's just in, innate in me. Um, and also because I grew up with three brothers and my dad was very protective, you know, girls can't mow lawns. That's a boy's job, that sort of stuff. So I was very passionate about saying, oh yeah, let's show you, um, you know, fiercely independent, fiercely want to show you what I can do in spite of the fact that I'm a female or heck because I'm a female. So yeah, you can hear. And I think my voice has just gone up about you know, 20 decibels. <laughs> I love it. I'm, yeah, I'm very passionate about that. If you're a boss, be a boss. Don't don't hashtag yourself girl boss. You're just the boss. You go. Amen to that. I totally agree. And I'm glad that like that term is kind of dying away. I remember there used to be like books about it and yes. just different things like that. And I, I totally agree. Speaking of being the boss, I was wondering if you could share any leadership advice you've learned during your time running One Seed. One of the things is about learning to let your ego work for you, not against you. So if ego turns into bullying, in an inability to listen, an inability to change, it's actually a problem. If you can change that potential for ego into just a self-assuredness, self-confidence, and an ability to actually listen better, I think that's key. Be teachable always. Even as a founder, even as a boss, you're not, you actually aren't the be all and end all of every knowledge in the universe. We can learn a lot from every employee, every customer, everybody's there to teach us. And I think the biggest mark of a good leader is a leader who listens well and who is prepared to change when change is required and who is teachable and know that there's no pinnacle. So there's no point that you get to where you you have made it. We never make it. Life itself is a journey. Business itself is a journey. If you think you've made it, then probably need to check yourself before you wreck yourself. And I think also just don't hang your hat on any one piece of success. Again, that comes to there is no pinnacle. I think when you reach the top of the mountain, you just look for the next mountain to climb and yeah, hold all of these things lightly, know your values and and stick with your values and and always value the people around you. So no matter where you are in the team, you could be the janitor who just empties the rubbish bins at the CEO's meeting or you're the head of, head of the table. Everybody has value and give everybody a sense of value in your team. And I think that's the best way to lead people. You're full of nuggets of wisdom today, Liz. I so Aww, appreciate thank you. it. Yeah. <laughs> What's next for One Seed? Yeah, what's next? We've got a, um, a range coming out called, called the Storyteller Collection. The formulas are mostly done. I won't tell you anything about it, but everybody should should sign up for the, the email so they're first to know when it actually comes out. So that's going to be really exciting. It's our first 
new range for some time. Uh, we have a product called Next Day Spray coming out really, really soon, which is especially designed for people who do yoga or maybe go to the gym every day and don't get to wash their clothes in between or can't be bothered or trying to save some water. So it's a product that you spray on your clothes that neutralizes smell and sanitizes and it gives you double the wear out of your out of your gym gear and yoga gear, which is awesome. Aside from products themselves, we are launching officially into the US um, in the next three to six months. Again, COVID and all of the different things around shipping and exports and blah, blah, blah has all stalled a lot of this stuff, but we are launching officially into the US and will be in lots of US retailers, certainly in the next six to 12 months. You totally have me hooked with that storyteller collection. I, I love the name and I have no yeah. idea what to expect. So obviously now I'm more intrigued. <laughs> Yay. Sign up, Valeria. It's I very will. exciting. <laughs> I will. Well, Liz, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Before I let you go, can you please let everyone know where they can learn more and keep up with you and One Seed online and on social media and where they can find your products? Yes, absolutely. OneSeedPerfumes.com. We are Australian based, but we export to most places in the world. And absolutely, if you're in the States or in Canada, you can absolutely um, buy our products and have them shipped overseas and they will land on your doorstep within five days. We have lots of stockists around Australia. As I say, we're coming to America very, very soon. We're joining forces with Orden Beauty. So you can either email us if you want to stay on a wait list so we can let you know when we're um, at a store near you in the States. Or you can email Orden Beauty. They're at ordenbeauty.com and get on their wait list as well. On social media, you can find us at One Seed Perfumes. And we're most active on Instagram, but we are also on Facebook and sign up for our email so you can get all the education and inspiration and be the first to know about new products and stuff. And I also just wanted to shout out the fact that your website has a really cool scent quiz where it asks yes. like not only like some interests, some personality questions, but it kind of leads you into finding your perfect scent on one seed, which I thought was really cool. So if anyone is interested, definitely go check that out. Yeah, and it's literally 30 seconds, so make it quick and painless to find your next scent. Yes. Thank you so much to Liz for joining me on the podcast, and thank you to everyone listening. I hope you join us next week for a new episode of Office Chats. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.